Today on Between the Lines, overcoming disappointment in all aspects of life with my guest, Christine Hassler. Welcome, I'm Barry Kibrick. At one time or another, we have all felt a sense of failure and in a belief that we did not live up to our own standards. And Christine Hassler knows that we cannot eliminate those feelings, but believes we can use them to our advantage. With her book, Expectation Hangover, we'll see how instead of wallowing in regret, we can take those same emotions and let them open new doors that can lead to powerful and profound inner transformations. I'm a writer today because I was a reader when I was 11 years old. And it was- You do, need, need, you do not need to prove your state of happiness to anybody. Most of these speeches were as much as a month in preparation. The characters, the heroes in this book are seekers of truth in, in a story that, that involved a lot of corruption. You get a chance to really talk about what's real. And that is the first Christine, it has been, as you said, I couldn't believe it when we talked on the phone, 10 years since Ten you've years. been here. Crazy how time goes by so quickly. Well, welcome back to the show. It's so good to have Aww, you. It's great to be here. Listen, I'm going to start with these words. We suffer when our reality does not match the expectations we are so attached to. That is the essence of this book, and yet we cover it, and you in particular go through it in so many ways that it really sheds light on that key problem mm -hmm. of suffering that mm -hmm. so many of us, if not all of us, in fact, I'll go further, all of us at one point, if not at many points, do. Yeah. Well, suffering is part of the human experience. And one of the things I've noticed in the personal transformation industry that it's all about being happy and being fulfilled. And, and it's almost like we've shamed suffering. And I wanted to bring light to it because in he, the human experience, we learn through contrast. I know light because I know dark. I know joy because I know sadness. And so suffering is indeed part of the human experience. It's how we learn, but we don't want to feel like we're trapped in it. And one of the reasons I wrote this book is to give people a way out of the suffering so they can learn from it and leverage it rather than feel like they're a prisoner of it. I'm going to take it even further. Yeah. You literally say your disappointment may be the best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah. So that's that's a very different, you're not, a, in fact, it's the opposite of saying get rid of it. It is saying use it. Use it. Go right into your disappointment because when we try to go around it or we numb it through TV or alcohol or overworking or relationship or whatever it is, we miss out on the opportunity. And disappointment is a doorway for transformation. It, it's what wakes us up. You know, as a coach, people don't come to me and they don't call me and say, hey, Christine, everything in my life is awesome. I just like it to be a little better. You know, they come to me because they've had an expectation hangover. They're disappointed. And in that disappointment, it's like we, we kind of loosen our grip on life. And there's this window where we're willing to do things differently. We're willing to heal. We're willing to change. And it takes disappointment to sort of get through our stubborn walls. You, you make, though, an awareness that I have yet to see made in any of these types of books. And I think it is so important because... Even originally, I would say oftentimes, but isn't my expectation supposed to mm -hmm. be my motivator? Mm -hmm. So yet, even though we know we have disappointments and we may have desires, let's go deep into that difference of why an expectation is not really a motivator. Right. 
Well, one of the, the definitions of expectation is eager anticipation for something to happen. And the thing about expectation is, is that they come with attachment to something out there fulfilling us. And so our motivation becomes very extrinsic. So we sort of give away our happiness, our fulfillment to something outside of us, some future thing. Now, that doesn't mean we just sit around, we don't have goals, we don't have ambitions, we don't have desires. But when we're not looking for something outside of us to fulfill us in the form of expectation, then we can become inspired and we're driven more and motivated more by our values, more by our vision rather than something someday in the future. And we can also have more happiness and more acceptance in the now. See that? And that is, though... That's the hard part, though. That's what the book is about, is how do you let that go? Right. Well, you know, I say in the book, if I told you that you're never going to have an expectation again in your life, I'd be setting you up for an expectation hangover, (laughs) right? So I offer you instead the secret sauce of pursuing goals while avoiding an expectation hangover, which is to go for things with high involvement and intention. You know, really, really go for the things that you desire in your life but with low attachment, meaning you don't make your emotional well-being, your okayness, your value dependent on the result. So we become so invested in the outcome that we miss out on the process. We miss out on the experience. I think our society especially, we're so addicted to the future. And, and you say that what it causes us to do is get in our own way. Totally We've got to move way. out of our way because that expectation, which we thought might be motivating us, is really blocking us from drawing towards us the, like you said, the value-based reasons why we're desiring what we desire. Exactly, exactly. And we're co-creators, you know? And when we have tunnel vision and we're only focused on what we want and what we think we can control, we often block opportunities, other people, situations that could come into our life that could be even better than what we expected. See, I always think our expectations are, are kind of minimize our experience. We set the bar low when we only think life can go according to our expectations. You know, the universe has the opportunity to provide something way, way better than we even expected. But we've got to let go of our attachment to it to make room for that. See, that I think, when you phrase that and I was able to let that sink in, mm-hmm. it really, even just in the moment, made a difference. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. No, it really does because you you don't expectations. They are so rooted within mm-hmm. us, but yet when you realize that they could be limiting, at first I used to think of them as too grandiose, right. and that's a mistake the way the way you have it here. Right, right. They're they're limiting and they limit us. And the other thing that I think having expectations does is it reinforces the illusion of control. You know, and I say in the book, I think control is a master addiction. We all are addicted to control because we don't like uncertainty. We don't like the unknown. We want to feel like we can control things. And we also don't like living out of our comfort zone. We like to stay in our comfort zone, yet we want things to be different or better, but we're often not willing to get out of our comfort zone. Well, you know, you also give us this advice that I think is, it's it's just, it must be followed. And that is that when we have this failed expectation Mm -hmm. or what we think is a failed expectation Mm -hmm. or expectation hangover, it's not so much to give ourselves a pep talk to try to get out of it. You say it's more important because that you also say is a a form of avoidance. Mm -hmm. You say it's more important to 
almost go through it, fight it. Not what is the right term? It it's, it is going through it. Yeah, it's going go through, through it. it. I mean, the first level is to feel it. We don't like to feel the bad feelings, sadness, rage, shame, anger. But but all those things are at one point or another part of our human experience, especially when we're dealing with disappointment or an expectation hangover. So instead of trying to pep talk our way and positive think it and jump right to what are the blessings, allow yourself the human experience of feeling it. And I, I teach things like release writing and the temper tantrum technique. And, I, you know, so much of my own journey and my own healing has been learning how to process my emotions, not become identified with them, not indulge in them and not suppress them, but learn how to get them up and out. Emotion, emotion is energy in motion. So it's important that we get that feeling out. And we have to remember as human beings, we feel stuff. We have emotions. And so the first level is to really feel it. And you also insist that we give ourselves the time Mm -hmm. along with the dignity to go through that process. This is not, you know, you're not going to read this book. Boom, I have no more problems. I'm completely aware. You must allow yourself the time. And I love that added word, dignity, to go through that process. Yeah, because if we just put pressure on ourselves to be through it or healed or whatever, that's just another expectation that we're putting on ourselves. And 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 growth isn't isn't just straight linear. You know, it's not like over time and the more personal growth I do, it just goes like this. It's sort of like goes like this. And I found with helping thousands of people at this point and in my own journey, the more I work on myself, the more I leverage these expectation hangovers and milk them for all they're worth. The, the longer the duration of time between disappointment and the shorter the duration of time when I actually have to stay in it. You know, so like my life, when I look at how many expectation hangovers I have, I, have, I don't really have that many anymore because I've, I've worked so many of them. And when we actually heal an expectation hangover and treat it using the, the emotional, mental, behavioral, and spiritual plan, then we don't have to keep experiencing the same one over and over and over again. Now, you, you have a, I don't remember if it was a chapter or just the title of one of the headings, but it was The Power of Vulnerability. Yeah. And I got to tell you, especially for a man, mm-hmm. that's a very difficult thing to accept. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, I, I'm blessed that I, I don't get sick that often, but not too long ago, I had a, just a little cold and a little fever. It made me feel so vulnerable and so miserable. And it wasn't so much that it was the cold or the fever. It was the vulnerability. I didn't feel that I had the power. That... That's a hard one for me to to get a handle on, Doc. Yeah, I know. Well, and it, it, I think it's definitely hard for masculine men because you're used to being in control. Yeah. Right? Make-believe control. Make That's believe what's control. worse, isn't it? Yeah. And I think what's so amazing, especially today, is that we're making it okay for men to feel and and see that vulnerability isn't weak. See, vulnerability, I think why vulnerability get a bad rap is because people associated victimness with vulnerability. If you're feeling sorry for yourself and having a pity party, to me, that's weakness. But if you're just sharing and being honest and authentic about what you're feeling and asking for help and letting people see you in your emotion or in your you know, sickness or whatever it is, that's vulnerability and that's powerful because it creates more of a space for intimacy. You have a little phrase, you say, regret is the cousin of guilt. And it's regrets and guilt that I find cause that spiral once you're in that expectation hangover. If you could almost stop hating yourself for having the expectation Mm -hmm. hangover in the first place or whatever you think you failed at, 
if you can just stop it at that point, you can almost recover. But what happens is you then add the regret, you then add the shame, you then add the blame, you then add the guilt. It almost creates this vicious cycle. It's very hard to get out of it. Oh, it is. And it just reinforces the not so great relationship most people have with themselves. And the thing about regret and guilt is they're not even real emotions. They're just physiological responses to thoughts. And what's so painful about regret is we're taking information we know now that we didn't know back then and using it to go back into the past and beat ourselves up. And it just keeps us in, it just keeps us spinning in negativity. And again, we want to like rewind time and grip onto that control thing again. And guilt's the same thing. There's nothing beneficial that comes from guilt. There's absolutely not one good thing that comes from guilt. The only thing that we can do is forgive ourselves for whatever we're judging ourselves for, make an agreement to do better next time, and then move forward. Let's go further because you say it's more than even just accepting it. It's going to open up a new door. See, if if you pay close attention to those failed feelings mm-hmm. or real failures, however else, you, how you wish to look mm-hmm. at it. Because as we just said, feeling or, or reality yeah. could almost be the same. same it yeah. doesn't matter. But it, you know, it's, it's, that's the key right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. You have to get, you have to get going on it. I yes. know I hate to say it's, you know, you, you can't hang on to that stuff. Yes. And you have to get going on the, the whole processing it part. You know, I, I, for anyone that's watching, it's like really think about what your coping mechanisms are. I mean, we all have our coping mechanisms for avoiding pain or avoiding feelings. You know, I mentioned some before, TV, alcohol, food, numbing out, working, getting over-invested in someone else. And whatever your normal coping strategies, numbing strategies are, be mindful of when you're slipping into them. Because when you're doing that, again, you're missing that doorway. You're missing that opportunity to really deal with your disappointment. And I know, here's the thing. You know, when I've been on book tour for this book, it's just been funny because, like, I'm the queen of disappointment, you know? Like, wow, like, that's a great title. Like, I wrote the book on disappointment. Everybody wants to read a book on that. Uh, But it's been so gratifying because, in a way, it's bringing light to something people avoid. Because, again, like, I know the transformative power when we actually accept it and dig into it. Now, there is something here that I have believed for many years and you reinforced it, and that is be aware of the messages that your own body are sending you. And for years, I I used to tell people, I said, if you don't listen to your body Mm -hmm. and you think it's your mind that Mm -hmm. is controlling things, you're out of your mind because the body has cells within it that are so far back in time compared to the frontal lobe of us that we think that this frontal lobe, even though it gives us thought and things like that, is so powerful, but the cellular structure of our body knows stuff that the frontal lobe doesn't know. So you've got to pay real close attention to illnesses you might have, to how your body is feeling, even Mm -hmm. its biorhythms, all those types of Mm -hmm. things. They're so important, and people think, oh, no, it's just in your mind. I can control it. It doesn't work that way. The body's cells know something as if there's two souls. One may be up here, but there's something else in here. Yeah, if we're not listening to our intuition, our body will tell us. I can remember towards the end of my marriage when I wasn't really listening to my intuition that it had perhaps reached its expiration date and that it was time for me to consider leaving and I wasn't listening at all to that. And so my hair started to fall out. Like I lost half my hair. 
because my body was like, all right, if you're not going to listen, then we're going to try to give you a signal. And I see this with people time and time again. They get some illness, they have some symptom, they have a rash no, no doctor can identify. And it's usually related to some kind of expectation hangover that they're not willing to face. Yeah, I, 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 I have no doubt about it. I don't care yeah. what doctors there are out there. That they, they better start realizing this too and letting their patients mm-hmm. know it. I think they're, they also ignore that too often. Yeah, yeah. Uh, becoming more, you know, our conscious mind, that frontal lobe, is only about three to five percent of our, our awareness. So we have all this other unconscious intuition, body awareness, and it's possible to tap into that more and more and more through a meditation practice, through getting quiet, through things like yoga, through letting go of control, and through not believing everything your mind tells you. You know, if I believed every thought in my head, That wouldn't be so great, you know, really questioning those thoughts and not letting our mind to totally take control. Now, I love this transformational truth. This is something that as kids was our, every time we play ball, we had a thing called the Larry. Now, what the Larry was, was a do-over. And what you say is the transformational truth is we get do-overs. And we do. Even if it's a little cheating in golf when you kick the ball or whatnot. But the reality is, in life, we do get do-overs. If we've had severe expectation hangovers, that doesn't mean that they're going to remain with us for the next 30, 40, 10, 5 years. It means we get a chance to see it start over. Exactly. And we get a chance to really put to practice what we learned. For example, I can think of someone I worked with who had an expectation hangover over being in a relationship with an unavailable person. And she, she worked through the book and she worked her process and she thought she cured the expectation hangover. And then boom, another unavailable man comes into her life. And she says, wait, I, I thought I healed this. Why am I attracting this again? I'm like, no, 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 this is your do-over. This is your chance to say no from the beginning. Because there's all the awareness is only the first step, right? We have to we become aware of these things. We learn about our expectation hangovers. We heal them. But then to really put where the rubber meets the road is when we put them into practice. That's how the learning integrates. When a situation comes along and we make a different choice and we break patterns and we start new habits. Christine, I'm going to give out your website. I know you, yeah. you like to get, you're, you're really into the social media. So let's I'm getting better. It. I'm getting we'll, better. We'll explore it right here. It is, <laughs> it's an easy one. It's your name. It's www.christinehassler.com. We'll leave it up there for a second. Here's the thing, though, that I think is so important about this and, and where you're taking us. It's managing your expectations because you can't get rid of them. That's the one thing we have to state here. No matter what's going on, no matter how much we grow, like you said, the best we can hope for is that those hangovers are just now this part of our life and not this part of our life. So don't think you're going to get rid of them. Just learn to manage them. Right. And once you do, once you realize that you're capable of managing your disappointment and not crashing and burning when something goes not according to your plan, you'll have more faith and trust in yourself. And I think that's the biggest thing that I I wish for people is to really trust themselves and trust that everything is happening for you in your life, not necessarily to you. Even if you can't see the reasons, you can't see the forest through the trees at this point, if you get, if you liberate yourself from that victim mentality and you become a seeker, it changes everything. That's the ultimate game changer. And a warning that must come with it. Yeah. Every leap of faith 
comes with a free fall period,、yeah. and you've got to expect it. And I say more than expect it; you've got to enjoy it, because、yeah. if you don't enjoy that free fall, you're going to be living most of your life. With an expectation hangover, because everything、yeah. we do is virtually a leap of faith. We don't realize it so much, but my gosh, you cross that street, you're taking、yep. you're taking a leap of faith. You get in、oh, your、yeah. car, you're taking a leap of faith.、Yeah. But it, you know, there's a, we must allow ourselves to feel the freedom of falling,、yeah. and and that's a hard one too. Oh, it's so hard because again, we're addicted to control and certainty, and the only thing certain is uncertainty, <laughs> and so. The more,、uh, the more, and high achievers, high intelligent people. This is almost the hardest for them, is letting go of the plan, letting go of the need to know, and allowing yourself to be in that unknown without. Because the, the problem is when we're in that free fall, we often grip on to things too quickly that aren't necessarily in alignment. You know, because we want some certainty rather than waiting. And just allowing ourselves to be in the unknown for a while, and working on ourselves and learning, and then something more aligned can come along. But if you try to grab on because you don't like that free fall, you can grab onto the wrong thing. I also、uh, sort of a theme even throughout many of my shows, and you bring it out here, and、uh, and I like the way you do it because you say the same thing I I tell my viewers often, and that is we know forgiveness is a part of it,、yeah. but it's always ourselves that we. Have the most trouble forgiving.、Yeah. I can quickly forgive the guy next door or this for any、mm-hmm. thing he's done or she's done, but forgive myself. It's where you know. And by the way, I, as the blessings of getting older, one、yeah. learns to、yeah. do that quicker and quicker.、Yeah. But that a lot of people get hung up on. Oh yeah,、uh, back to I just think we're so hard on ourselves, and I often think you know if if we treated our friends the way we treated ourselves, would we have any? You know, and having compassion for ourselves and letting ourselves off the hook for something is liberating. And the more we can forgive ourselves and accept ourselves, the more we can actually show up to love other people, to serve other people. There is really nothing advantageous about being hard on ourselves. There's not a lot of good that can come from us. Now, I'm not saying we inflate our ego and think we're like the most amazing person in the world, but forgiving ourselves, knowing that we did the best we could. You know, just like we tell a child, you didn't do anything wrong. It's okay. You did the best you could. There's so much freedom that comes with that. And I know for me, that's been a huge part of my journey is forgiving myself for some of the things I judge myself so harshly for. And that makes so much room for so much more inspiration. Well, you know what? It also makes room for, and it, it and and you bring it out here is gratefulness. Yeah. And you actually use the term gore, gorge yourself on gratitude、yeah. because that's when you're able. To escape all of your hangovers,、mm-hmm. when you can just for one second, and, and again, I want to say expectation hangovers. This has nothing to do with getting yeah, yeah. Too drunk on yeah, a Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>、uh, be is that you can focus on what you really do have.、Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, for some reason, and, and like you said, maybe it's just that control thing. But it's so much easier to focus on what you don't have, what you want, and what you think you need, than be grateful for all the things you really do have if、yeah. you look at it carefully. Yeah, and then what we focus on expands. So, do I want to focus on everything that I believe is lacking in my life and have more lack? Or do I want to focus on all the amazing things, even my expectation hangovers, because of the gifts they've given me for healing and growth? And as the more I focus on that, the more my gratitude expands, and the more I'm attracting things that are in alignment with gratitude rather than lack.
And when we do that, the less we compare ourselves to others, which oh. is also, I think, the at least for me personally, it's always been uh, a problem. You know, yeah. look at this guy. He's only 25 and he's already did this. Or look at that gal. She's 31. She's And look at me. I'm still, str-. you know, yeah. that's that's one of the things that gratitude allows you to do, too. Mm-hmm. You could even be grateful for that guy who's 25. Right. You could, if you can If you can get that far in your consciousness, you've come a long way. Yeah, the cool thing about comparison too, Barry, is, you know, you've probably heard the phrase, you spot it, you got it. And maybe, you know, we've heard about projection and if someone's triggering us or upsetting us, it's really reflecting to us something in ourselves that we don't like. But it works the same with all the things we compare ourselves to. So anything that we compare ourselves to, like that person's more successful or more beautiful or whatever, it's like we're not owning that inside ourselves. We're not owning our own success. We're not owning our own beauty. So whenever I go into any kind of jealousy or comparison, which is torture, so I, I, I really have an intention not to go there a lot, I'm like, all right, what am I seeing in them that I'm not seeing in myself? And how do I need to acknowledge the way I uniquely express that in my own way so I can get out of the pain of comparison? Uh, Christine, I told you earlier we could do two to three shows. Our time is up. In fact, <laughs> oh I know gosh. we're already over time, but I'm going to end wow. with these words. When you know who you are, you are inspired to act from that place. Thank mm-hmm. you, Christine, so much mm-hmm. for helping us get a little more of a glimpse of who at least we should be if we not are. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. And thank you guys for joining us. Now, before Christine leaves, I'd like to leave you with these few more words from Expectation Hangover. Every dark emotion has a light side. And in order to fully experience the light, we must journey through the darkness. If we stop resisting, we can find unexpected insights and gifts in the darkness. I'm Barry Kibrick. Between the darkness and the light, look closely and you will find your unexpected insights and gifts. Thank you so much, Christine. Oh, thank you so much, Barry. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, please subscribe or become a patron of the show at barrykibrick.com to keep it going every week. Thank you.